0: give it top like
1: fuck i would i would rather meet him than pretty much anyone else uh
0: yeah without question yeah they're one of my all-time favorite bands so totally yeah they're like the best live band i've ever seen i've never seen them live and i feel really bad about it but i mean their records are fucking amazing
1: i've seen them three times with my father and they've been fucking great every time
2: Z top fan no no, we've had this conversation before. I'm not anti, but um, I have a. Everyone has blind spots. Hmm. One of my blind spots is um, good country rock and roll. Yeah, sure. That that'll work. Sure, whatever. <laughs> Pretty much any like anything. I I know very little rock music, like straight rock music. Hmm. Like you should really mom, change that. I know some but, like, not, you know... ZZ Top is on the list of things. That I don't really know ZZ Top. I don't really know Tom Petty. Meh.
0: Yeah, Tom
2: I mean, Petty's I know that right. guy
0: passed away, and it's tragedy and everything, but, like, I was never a huge fan of him. So. I know. Yeah. He was always, like, kind of like the... I, to, to me, he's, like, the first guy that was, like, he sounds like fill-in-the-blank. Isn't that good enough? Like, hey, he sounds like Dylan, or, like, he sounds like the birds. Like, I isn't mean, that good enough? I, I resp- like, no, not I, really. I, I, res- I mean, he's I, res-
2: fine. I respect yeah. it to the yeah. fact that you can't say... This is my opinion, but I don't think you can say that anyone, even though I never thought he was great, it's not like later period Tom Petty is suddenly this embarrassment. It's like yeah. the man wrote True. the same quality of music for much longer. They, yeah, A lot right. of other people of his age, by the time they were that age, were like just shitting out yeah, crap. No, you're and right. he's you're like, right. later Tom Petty is not, to me, that is about the same as early Tom I,
0: Petty. I would say I like that stuff more than the early stuff.
2: Yeah, I, I I think there's a few bangers in the later yeah. career where again I don't put it on all the time. But if you play the song, I can't think of any other. I can't think of a lot of other mainstream artists where I find so many of their songs so palatable. Yeah. Like if it's on, I'm not like, what is this fucking shit? <laughs> yeah. Turn this shit off. I'm like, oh yeah, Tom Petty. All right. Yeah, I can He's live fine. with this.
0: Yeah, like that's all the whole thing. Is like I can live with him, but he wasn't like, be all end all. No, it's not just like
1: inoffensive in of rock and roll.
0: Yeah. Sure. Yeah.
2: Sure. Yeah. Hey, we should start. Okay. I Um,
0: thought we did already. Yeah, I I thought we did. Well, I'd like to do an
2: intro of some kind. Well, I'll probably edit this in because it's actually really good, but. And you're listening to episode 73 of Cinnabonks. Uh, right up front, I need to name it. Josh isn't here. This is now the second episode of all time that Josh is not here. Uh, and I, I'm sure he has a good excuse, but we're going to pretend that he just ditched.
1: I correct? mean, he kind of did.
2: Yeah, I, I'm pretty Fucking su- jerk. I'm pretty sure he just got so drunk. He's probably high right now. He's so fucking high right now. He and that's had, not even a joke. He had a weed cookie. Josh has a real thing about having edibles, and, uh, then, and, then, yeah. and then his life goes crazy. No, when I say that, I don't mean he has them regularly. I mean he has a series of stories where he has what is probably a normal amount of pot for people who enjoy pot. Yeah, But then his life explodes and things go crazy. Like it's not
0: like he has like a, a psychedelic epiphany, it's just like
2: <laughs> not usually no. Oh, okay, the only story where it sounded like maybe was when he had I think he had maybe gummy bears or something before he saw Doctor Strange and he found that hmm. transcendent. That'd be pretty cool. I guess so. I don't know. I could say that. Uh we're here says with... the guy who wrote the straight edge book, but I, I know. know. Yeah. We're here with Tony Rettman, uh, well known uh author. You don't like well known. That made you uncomfortable. Everything makes me uncomfortable.
0: <laughs> um, but I guess like, I'll, that that's what it is, so i the, I'll
2: deal with it. Your, so your first book was the Detroit Hardcore book.
0: Yes. Why be something that you're not Detroit Hardcore, 1979 to 1985?
2: And then you followed that up with the New York Hardcore book. Yes. And that was, is that 80 to 90? 80 to 90, yeah. 80 to 90? And now you've got this straight edge. What's the title of the straight edge book? Straight edge, a clear-headed
3: hardcore
2: history.
0: A clear-headed... Hi- I didn't make up the that that <laughs> title. That was the
2: publisher. It was I a clear headed
0: hardcore punk history. I think that's it, yeah.
2: I appreciate that. Um and you know, for those of you who maybe haven't heard of these books, you fucking Posers. Posers. Uh Tony's also written for Noisy Yeah. Uh No Echo. I uh, I did one article for No
0: Echo, but I'll who, else take it. You, who else have you written? Um for? The Guardian, uh, oh, yep. um, Die, aye. Noisy. The Guardian. Uh, I did some stuff for. I do stuff for this magazine out of the UK called The Wire. It's oh, more like sure,
2: sure, sure. Yeah, experimental, what have you. Um, and you've written about a, a, a good chunk of uh, not just about hardcore history, but current hardcore um, and some newer bands that you appreciate. But you've also done stuff on. Um, okay, now I'm trying to remember. Uh, Proto metal. Yeah. Yeah. Did you also what else? What what's some of the other music that you've written about?
0: Oh, geez.
2: Um, I, you know I'm a big fan of
0: like psychedelic rock from the sixties sure. and seventies, yeah. so I've kind of written a lot of stuff about that. There was um in the early two thousands there was a website that was called Blastitude out of Chicago. Sure, yeah. I did a lot of stuff for them. Um, so I kind of write about what I most. I would say eighty five percent of the time I write about what I like. Yeah. And then most well sometimes I'll be like, All right, if you want me to do that, I'll do it. Sure. But um mostly like psych rock stuff or yeah. like weird folk, um, like from the seventies and now and hardcore and just sort of like underground
2: history. Sure. Is yeah. kind of what my um it's my wheelhouse, shall we say. And you also did for a while this uh Green Room Radio podcast which we talked about yeah. on here the last time. Oh, I should have gone all the way back to you may remember Tony from our new uh, the breed, new breed yeah. documentary episode. Yeah. You narrated that, you were part of the whole group putting that together. Yeah. And then on that you were starting that. I don't think yeah. you had started the Green Room Radio I podcast. I might have yet. come back by then.
0: I think I I think I came back from the trip to from California to do that. But I'm not sure come,
2: but had they come out yet? Was that No, no, no. They they, then, they recorded a whole bunch and yeah. then they like put them out as like a weekly thing i gotta say i mean we can talk about this later when we get into stuff but um i appreciate it it felt like there was a variety of people on that podcast yeah it wasn't it wasn't just the obvious people you would have on that podcast
0: yeah i mean i i mean i can't really remember but i know i had a had a hand in like picking certain people like sure uh like todd like ted leo todd youth uh who else toby (laughs) morris mike judge I don't want to be like I picked them. Everybody else sucked. <laughs> but, like, but like you the, heard it here first. The more obvious, the exclusive. more obvious ones like Keith Morris, like that was just like I sure. think he just shows up places like Hey, you want to interview me, man? All right, I'm important. Um, but uh, nonetheless, uh, sure. Sure. So yeah, I definitely helped
2: um, curate that, shall we say. I appreciate that a lot, and I I, I listen to every episode, and I mean, cool. part of that was, like, I liked the movie, so it was, like, part yeah. of my continuing the excitement around that movie, but...
0: Yeah, it was totally, like, a weird... That, like, was a weird out-of-nowhere thing where it was just, like, this dude who worked at A24 just got in touch and be like, hey, I understand that, you know, you know a lot about this stuff, and, like, would you want to host a podcast, and, like, blah, blah, and I was like is this a crank call? <laughs> I love that. Will Chamberlain. Is that you? <laughs> uh, but uh it was totally on the level.
3: Yeah. And
0: uh you know, whatever. So it was cool. It was a cool little uh experience. It was definitely like not in my wheel like not in my um that was outside of my world in the way of like sure being t- <laughs> being treated nice. Like just <laughs> in the way of like I, like everything to me like they probably thought I was a total rube because I was like so you're just
2: gonna fly me out there and give me a hotel room <laughs> and uh yeah, yeah I mean they they treated you like your work actually mattered to them which yeah. is maybe something that they doesn't... kept no no, no.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they kept calling me the talent and I was like where
2: who what where <laughs> like i love that you know um i uh, I, I talked about it in the last episode so this is a little bit of a repeat but recently i i got to do a live version of eric roberts is the fucking man yeah. with eric roberts there yeah, yeah. and we were being kind of treated i mean it wasn't quite that because we know the guy who runs the fast but there was a little bit of a feeling of like we were the talent and every time i was like whoa like we, we you care and they were like okay here's your artist pass i was like artist
3: pass. Ooh,
2: yeah i'm industry what the fuck yeah yeah it was
0: kind of cool but it's also one of those things where it's like for a week, like you're like in this nice hotel room in L.A. Yeah. and like you're like yeah, and then the next week you're just fucking back at your normal job at yeah. the copy shop and you're like,
2: fuck my life. <laughs> like, like, you know. But um, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, before we jump into your latest book, which uh, we're both very excited to talk to you about, as well as we have lots of questions actually, but. You know we should talk about the new book since that's the thing mm. selling but I'm gonna talk about other stuff too cool uh we're gonna start off with the thing that we start every episode with our patented copyrighted trademarked feature whack and on track people are gonna miss that you didn't say it with me Evan I don't feel right doing it. It is Josh's thing. That's I mean, Josh's. It's Josh's gimmick. So I feel. Yeah, that. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna walk on that. Tony, more, as the guest, you get to either begin or end. Would you like to go first or last?
0: Um, I actually like made notes for this. So you want to go first?
2: I applaud, but, uh, I applaud your professionalism. Well, yeah. I
0: what I have to do right now is uh, connect because it's on my dot, like Google Docs, So I have to like get the password. <laughs>
2: Okay, so we'll have... uh, We're going to
0: take our first break for
1: the (laughs) night.
2: Well, I'm just going to go ahead and start then. Whack it on track. I I have to say, on track, one of the things I wanted to talk about that just happened to me last night is I went and saw uh, this movie, (laughs) Lady Bird. Do you guys know about this movie? Yeah, I heard it's really good. Yeah, the... I heard it's really good. Greta (laughs) Gerwig-Directed film... It's I it's not autobiographical in the sense of she is Ladybird, but it's pretty clearly based slightly off of her in that it's a kind of annoying teenager in two thousand two growing up in Sacramento, which she grew up right outside of Sacramento. And it's it's kind of the story of her relationship, not just to her mom, but to everyone, and she's trying to find herself, but she's like very it's it's hard to explain um, you know how right now media is filled with these very flawed male characters that you have sympathy for, but they're kind of assholes. Imagine the teenage female version of that. She hurts people around her, but you kind of are pulling for her not to be that or to yeah. be better than that. And it, it's super endearing. And she has a really tense relationship with her mom and no offense to my mom who's probably listening to this podcast because she listens to this sometimes, but it kind of reminded me of my and my mom's relationship though. It's more complicated uh, for her because you know, relationships between women can sometimes be more complicated. Whereas Mm -hmm. for me and my mom, it was, she was the only parent. So like for her, it was more complicated because I was an asshole and she had to be in charge of me. But it made me think of that feeling of like you love someone, but you're in kind of tension with them. Anyways, it was really well written. I really liked it. Uh, That was pretty hype. Um, I'm trying to think. There was one other thing I saw recently that I wanted to talk. Oh, and then I saw, uh, and Evan, you were watching it as well. The uh, the Jim Carrey. What is that thing? Oh, that documentary. I was yeah. just gonna talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. I
0: watched. I only saw half of that. My wife was watching it, but it's weird. I. Yeah. Go ahead. Talk about.
2: it. Well, you were gonna. Is that gonna be on your on track? I mean, I literally just finished watching it before you picked
1: me up. Um. Well, I don't want to steal it from you. Sorry, we can talk about it together. Okay.
2: <laughs> I, what did you think? I really, I, I liked it a lot. I really liked it. I, it, it did Sad. It did not endear Jim Carrey to me. Can I say that? Well,
0: okay. Yeah. I, I, I think the thing with Jim Carrey is my wife and I talked about this because I only saw the maybe the last twenty minutes of it. Sure, sure. But like Jim Carrey, I think isn't. I mean, not to be like, uh, like a gossip, but like there's yeah. something to do with like. He's in a lot of trouble right now with, like, a girlfriend who uh, killed herself on, with his, like, um, dep- like medication. Do you know about that? I don't no, know I don't anything know about, that. about that. Well, it's something where he's, like, not in... He's not being presented in the greatest light in the way of, like, this woman um, killed herself with his, like, prescription medication. Oh, wow. And, like, um, she's trying to... Hit, her parents are trying to sue him because, like, they're saying that he, um, whatever... Uh, let her down a wrong path or something. And, okay. uh, there's like an actual note that a suicide note that she wrote that said that, like, you did this, you made me, like, you turned me on to all this, these drugs and blah, 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 blah. Um, so I'm, I was wondering if he made that movie to be like, hey, people are going to think I'm a real jerk here. <laughs> Maybe I should, again, he doesn't, he looks flawed in it, but he's also like, to me, it's a, it seemed like he was a kind of clutching at straws of being like, hey, I'm just like this weird dude, and like we're yeah. all just like blades of grass, like this real
2: cosmic kind of Evan. What would you what do you think?
1: I mean, I kind of got that vibe, but it also just it made him seem crazy more than anything else to me. Like it.
2: Oh, he definitely seems
1: unhinged. Like the fact that he played that part in the way that he like like just functionally turned into Andy Kaufman. And there was no line between it, and it seemed like he kind of lost his mind a little bit. I think that was the most surprising part of the whole movie. Like, I I remember seeing that movie when it came out, and I thought it was fine. Yeah, I, mean, I, I didn't too, really. I, yeah, you know, it was it, like
0: here, it wasn't anything. To,
2: yeah, it's okay. yeah,
1: but I didn't realize he like went to that such a degree. It, you know. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, first of all, I I kind of get during the documentary they make the point that like the movie kind of existed not in the movie in the sense of like all the interesting stuff wasn't what made it into the movie. It was like mm-hmm. him being Andy all the time or being yeah. fucking uh, Tony Clifton, Tony Clifton yeah. all the time. And I get that. Uh, I, I think the thing that kind of bummed me out, maybe this is just me, but uh, it was his hostility towards Lawler.
1: Oh, I thought that was great.
2: I could not. It, the reason was because um, it, I mean, he plays it off at the time. Like, well, I couldn't help myself. It's just Andy through me. But like, in real life Lawler and Andy were like buddies and they planned a lot of this stuff out and they were friends and like they broke kayfabe. And the idea that like, uh, that, him as andy is just hostile all the time and lawler doesn't know what to do about it it kind of made me feel bad i felt bad for of all people jerry lawler a person for whom i had never had sympathy before in my life and he's just there's a couple times where he literally tries to assault jim carrey and his whole thing is like why is he like this like why is he treating me like this like and jim carrey is like well i was just in character i'm like but that's not how Andy – you weren't really in character. Andy wasn't like that. Like mm-hmm. that was a four other – I guess in a way, I couldn't – it made me feel like he didn't – then what he was representing as Andy wasn't really Andy in a way. But of course it wasn't because he didn't even fucking know Andy. So I don't know why yeah, I'm surprised yeah, at yeah, that. Yeah. But it, it, for some reason, that part made me feel a little bit bummed out. Um. Also, the idea that uh, Zamuda seemed kind of like a manipulative asshole, that kind of bummed me out a little bit too. yeah. Huh. Towards the end of the movie, it started to be like, he seemed a little creepy towards the end of the movie,
0: actually. Yeah. Maybe I didn't see that part
2: or like was kind of falling asleep. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. He just kind of weirded me out. But anyways, I'd like to rewatch it. None of that matters. Those are both not things that made the movie not good. It's great. I yeah, thought it was really, I really well done. It. Yeah, it, it's it's. I mean, they're showing you a lot of footage that they didn't shoot, but mm. just even in the way they present it and the way they edited it with um, Jim Carrey talking about it, I thought it was really well handled. Mm. Um, and then the last thing I wanted to mention that I watched recently was a. Uh, did either one of you see this movie, The Transfiguration? No. Yeah. It's a. Uh, Related, have either one of you seen the movie Martin, George Romero movie? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh. So this is basically like an, uh, a young uh, African-American boy similar to Martin. He mm. He's not assaulting women. He, for some reason, prefers, for the most part, rich businessmen. That changes over the course of the movie. But the idea is he's convinced that he is a vampire. Mm. But he doesn't have like powers or anything. He just attacks people and cuts their throat and drinks their blood. Mm. And then he slowly becomes friends with this girl. And this young lady is sort of in her affection for him, bringing him out of this space where he, he's been so isolated. He lives with his brother. His mother killed herself not too earlier before and it's just him and his brother who is in the military and their relationship is strained. And then everyone at school thinks he's a weirdo. None of them know he's drinking people's blood, but he's already sort of ostracized before he starts doing that. Mm. And he's convinced he's a vampire. And the film is sort of about that again, very Martin like in some ways, but it's also very, um, I use this term with some sense of, uh, self-flagellation it's very urban like it's very much about growing up in the city in a way that martin isn't really mm-hmm. and about his relationship to the other kids in the projects and what life in the projects is life and eventually it involves the police in a way that's interesting so i really liked it it's it is very similar to martin in that it's slow it is not like uh if if you're like oh i need lots of action in my horror movie that's not what this is this is a very atmospheric movie but i fucking I thought it was great. I thought the performance from the kid was great. I don't often like child actors. I say child. He's probably like 14, 15, but I don't usually like younger actors. I thought he was really good, so I highly recommend it. As far as whack, I don't have anything whack Uh, this episode. I don't. I haven't done anything to – I mean, whack is probably all the shows I've missed lately because I just can't get out to anything of late, but
1: – Did you really miss them, though?
2: I mean – Anyone where I was hanging out with my baby, no, I didn't miss the show. I did a little bit. Maybe when I saw things on Instagram, I'd have been like, oh, I wish I was there. Hmm. But it's like a fleeting notion.
3: Yeah.
2: Okay. Evan, anything yeah. whacking on track?
1: Uh, I mean, I was going to talk about that Jim Carrey movie. I liked that a lot. Yeah. Um, I actually just started the Gucci Mane bio- autobiography.
3: Oh, yeah? Okay. Yeah. Right.
1: How's that? It's tremendous. Cool. Yeah, it's really enjoyable. And it just start like right from the get. It just
2: like picks up. Are you a big Gucci Mane fan, or is this just interesting as like a person?
1: Uh, I mean, I don't know enough, sure. but what I've heard, I liked. I actually picked it up on uh, Vinny's, uh recommendation. Okay. On the the Brassier Breakdown podcast. Mm-hmm. So I figured, fucking, might as well. And I just finished like it took me like two months to read *Helter Skelter* because I just didn't have like a ton of time to yeah. just like sit down and read. So it was just like. Bits and pieces at work. Sometimes when I was working concessions and union transfer, I can bring a book and I'll read a little bit. So it took me forever to get through that, and it was just such a fucking draining like, experience that I needed something a <laughs> little bit more upbeat. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah.
2: yeah I can understand that. Yeah. I've been, uh, I've been reading the Grady Hendrix book, actually, and that's been really fun. Oh, the, yeah. Uh, paperbacks from Hell. Yeah. That's really good. And in fact, I bought a couple paperbacks because of it. Yeah, there's a few on my list that I really want to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I haven't been able to read much lately either. It's a real bummer. Hmm. Hmm. It
3: All is
2: right. what it is.
0: Tony, what's up? Hey, so you uh, start with the on track first. That's how it goes. It doesn't matter. Either okay. or. Well, uh, for on track, I've been rereading. Uh, I've read a lot of science fiction in my early 20s. Sure. And I'm kind of going back to reading, rereading some of that stuff because what, like, what,
2: what's your flavor? What's your, what's your, uh, what's your poison?
0: Uh, well, like I like, uh, you know, I like, uh, like Philip K. Dick. Sure, sure. My, my, I mean, I'm not gonna like get blow your mind with anything. Like, um, I'm not a big sci-fi person, yeah. so anything is like,
2: a big, oh, like, cool. Big, like Harlan Ellison fan? Uh, not really. Yeah. But uh what but about, anyway, what about Asimov? No, he he's sucks.
0: fucking overrated, man. I
3: don't understand. I, the appeal. I met him. I, I got his.
0: I I met him when I was ten. And he had. Uh, I got a book signed by him just because I was like, this famous science fiction guy is at the Walden Books.
3: <laughs> like I yeah. don't know.
0: I like Doctor Who. All right. Um, yeah. Walden Books. Holy shit. Yeah. And then I ended up like I held on to her for years, and then like I think I sold it for like eighty bucks on eBay, and I was like, woohoo. Um, so what have you been reading lately? Well, I've been getting back into Michael Moorcock. Which I know mm. that's a funny name.
2: No, people more, told more me I need to read some Moorcock.
0: Hey, <laughs> uh,
3: just saying.
0: Uh, anywho, um, <laughs> so yeah, there's like a um, trilogy called The Dancers at the End of Time that I'm rereading. I hear that's good, and it is really cool. And it's cool because like when I was in my early 20s reading this stuff, to be quite honest, like I was just I don't. Rem- <laughs> this is so typical. I was probably usually pretty high when i was reading it so i don't sure. remember a lot of it because it's science fiction and you're supposed to be high when you're reading it, i guess but um anywho uh that a lot of this stuff in the present day is like oh shit this is because everything is post everything in science fiction is like poke post-apocalyptic so i was like oh shit this is today because it's like sure all these people like it's all aristocrats who are like supposed to be experts in things and and points in history like there's a guy who's like i'm an expert in like uh like the wild west and like he'll tell these things like yeah i'm an expert in the wild west like you know um billy the kid was crucified in 1986 by uh you know ronald reagan like he just but since these people are rich everyone has to believe them so that's kind of like where i'm like oh shit this is kind of like what we're going through in the present day um so i've been reading that stuff a lot and uh, I've been enjoying it basically because, like, I write books about punk rock and uh, I'm done with, like, biographies. Like, everybody asks me yeah. questions like, have you read, like, no distant, like, hey, have you read, like, whatever, like, the Roger Moret book? I'm like, no, I will get to it. Like, that's the great thing about books. You can get to them. Like, you uh, know,
2: excuse like, me, Moret? It's Moret, I believe. <laughs> no, I'm just um, what is he, French? No, oh, no. <laughs> no, people say it that way all the time. Yeah, I think yeah, it's Moray. Yeah. I think it's Marais. I thought. I um,
0: but so I've been reading that and like uh, enjoying it. And uh, going back to the punk rock thing, um, the Bridge Nine just did that Triple X book, which is like a oh, yeah. fanzine from the early, from the, well, like 83 to 88 that this guy Mike Gitter did in Boston. Yeah, and that yeah. was like, to me, like that was the whole. When I was like a 14-year-old, 15-year-old kid, I was like, I want to do a fanzine. And like, oh, like that looks cool. I want to do it like that. That was like my um, whatever, muse or just like that's what I want to do. And um, so it's kind of cool that that's all like in one big book and it looks really nice. And, I appreciate uh, that. Yeah. And like, yeah, I mean, like more I, I I, more so than like any biographies or any kind of things like I, I'd like to see more of that kind of like uh, like fanzine compendium kind of stuff like yeah i've seen a couple
2: but they're they're not there's not as many as you would think that touch and go one's nice it's awesome yeah like there should be more i think like even
0: if it's like like even if it's like some small little thing where it's like hey this is just some like zine from the midwest in the 80s like they did five issues like oh i'm a fucking nerd i'll see that like somebody print up 500 cool um so that's you know what else is there's a lot of stuff like music uh i I like
3: do it Uh, do it
0: um there's a band that's from England called uh Nod G N O D. Ooh, I don't know that band. And they're like kinda weird, like noisy I guess like I don't want to say industrial because that's like ugh. But like kind of noisy, weird psychedelic rock with like dubby overtones. And it's like that's like my favorite like I don't want to be like my favorite record of the year is uh But that would be it and it's uh it's got this long convoluted title uh just say no to the psycho right-wing capitalist fascist industrial death machine that's the name of the
2: record yep it's subtle
0: yeah it grabs you (laughs) you. um so i like that record and um yeah there's that there's like just i'm always like more uh old stuff than new stuff so i'm always like checking out weird like progressive rock stuff and um
2: Sort of mining the depths of things you might have missed back
0: then. Yeah. There. Or like, I'm always like, to me, like, every week I get those updates from uh, this distributor called Force Exposure. And it's always like, anyone that's like, like, crazy prog rock, Peruvian, 1979, like, I am on that. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I listened, like, but luckily we live in a day where like, I don't have to pay $40 for that reissue. I can just like go on YouTube and be like, meh, don't need it. But, uh,
2: you know, uh, people say this to me all the time because there's still things that i don't know because i've never listened to them and they're like we'll just look for everything on youtube and i just don't do that enough like i for some reason it just doesn't occur to me like i think like oh i'll hear that thing when i have that thing yeah as opposed to i should just write a list of every band that i'm curious about and just mm-hmm. listen to every single and i just i don't do that yeah i don't know why Uh,
0: it works for me like if I'm doing
2: writing or something I can just leave that stuff going Um,
0: Mm. so that's cool and uh, I know this is like a late pass and it's very like a late pass Um, but it's stuff that I've always heard in people's houses or like people played it to me but it's like you know once you kind of like oh like it makes sense to you for some reason it clicks in your head sure and I this is like so lame. But um Fela Kuti, like
2: I just sort of been like fucking amazing.
0: But like just now I'm like, Oh, this is pretty good. Like thirty records. <laughs>
2: like, no, I mean I had that I had that experience with uh um why did it just go out of my head? Foreigner? <laughs> no um I uh is it Bobby or Billy Womack? Wilmack? Bo- uh Bobby Bobby Womack. Bobby Wilmack. Even though I've been watching uh, Across 110th Street yeah. for years, great movie, it never yeah. occurred to me to like look for his other music. Like even though that song is essential not just to that movie, but then yeah. to Jackie Brown and other mm-hmm. things. And then only recently, because I was making a playlist, and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna put the Superfly soundtrack on. Mm. Uh, what else can I put on here? Okay, I'll put a cross on 10th Street. Hey, did this guy have other songs? And then before you know Whoa. it, I'm like falling down this hole yeah. of listening to him. And I'm like, why did it never occur to me to go, hey, maybe this dude had one or two other jams? Yeah, exactly. But that happens sometimes where there's something that, you know, uh, you know, fellow Cootie uh, – what is it? Wait, okay, so – what is the son? His his son is also a musician, right?
0: Yeah, I don't know anything about Is it about Femi? Him. Is it Femi Cootie? Maybe. He You're
2: does, looking at me like
0: I know. He does uh,
2: very similar music. Stuff? Yeah. Uh, that I also enjoy. Yeah. But it was for some reason I knew I heard his stuff first, and mm-hmm. it took me a while to figure out like, oh right, everyone knows this guy because of his dad who was super famous. Yeah, yeah. So I should check this. You know what yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. That happens though. I mean, you can't listen or watch everything
0: yeah i think it's just a matter of like i've had so many friends that liked it and like bought all those box sets when they came out and i was like yeah this sounds cool like but in the past couple months it's something that's just like clicked with me um as far as whack do it what's whack well i have a confession to make i'm a big fan okay of um bad reality television
2: Oh, what kinds of bad reality television?
0: I am a big fan of the Love and Hip Hop. um, (laughs) Why? That's great. Uh, I'm a big fan of like the whole, uh, and my wife got me into it. Um, I'm a big fan of all that, like Love and Hip Hop. uh, Hollywood, (laughs) Love and Hip Hop Atlanta is the best one. Um, but the new season of Love and Hip Hop New York started, and it fucking sucks.
2: Oh, no. (laughs) Eh. Who is on it? Who's, I don't know.
0: Nobody. Uh, well, the biggest person is, like, Remy Ma's on it. Okay. But, uh, like, everybody else is just, like, B, C, D, E. There's, like, a guy on there I've never heard of. Like, half these people, I'm like, I don't think you make music. I think you're just, like, on reality shows and, like... Who's the guy you never heard of? James R. No, no idea. He looks like a bootleg Drake, and, like... He just talks about himself. He's kind of funny because he talks about himself in the first person or whatever. Third per- like, James R. needs a needs a woman. Like, James R. needs this. And you're just like, you're not? Like, who are you? Do you make music? Like, what oh, do you do? Oh, James R. Like, I think you just have Instagram followers. <laughs> That's all you have. That's all it takes these days. I think so. But um, it's not that good. The new season of Love and Hip Hop New York is, like, kind of a bummer. But the whole thing is, like... Love and Hip Hop, all those things come on at uh, 8 o'clock on, uh, I'm not plugging it, uh, 8, p- <laughs> 8 o'clock on Mondays. So much fucking buzz marketing on here. Yeah, I just made 10 books. <laughs> um, but like, hey, you guys like ketchup? You like Heinz ketchup? Just made 10 bucks. But uh, <laughs> anyway, um, it's like one of these things where I'm like, Mondays, I have to go to work and I come home I'm like, oh, fuck, I just want to watch something stupid. And like, all right, Love and Hip Hop's on. And like, and uh, then it. Ends, and I am
2: just like, man, I could have read a book. <laughs> just like, ah, oh, man. Evan, do you have a guilty pleasure like that? Like something you put on because you just want to turn your brain off. Uh,
1: I mean, I really liked that nine hundred two one zero reboot they did a couple years back. Holy I never saw that. I am not gonna lie, it was good. No, don't be, a, don't, yeah,
2: was, don't be a don't be ashamed, man. It was fucking good, man. I watch um, I watch all of the CW superhero shows.
0: Oh yeah, yeah.
2: all of them, and knowing fully knowing they're bad. Yeah. Such that they recently did a a crossover event Mm. and I enjoyed it and I couldn't stop talking to my wife who watches them with me Mm. about how I enjoyed it. And then I suddenly realized like I shouldn't be that surprised. That all these shows that I've spent so much time watching, that mm. they finally got something right, and I'm like fucking amazed. Like, wow, that was actually pretty good. It wasn't embarrassing at all. <laughs> and we like look at each other, like, why are we so amazed? Like, why are we watching these shows? Yeah, and, like, wow, that surprised? wasn't crap. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. traditionally, comic
1: book shows and movies have been trash. No, it's true. So, yeah did you did
2: you finish the Punisher? What? Oh, we can talk. Well, okay, I will. I'm not done yet. All I will say is because I haven't finished. um, I am convinced that the reason I am enjoying this thing is that the character of the Punisher that is presented to me in this show is not the original sort of Punisher character. In what way? The original Punisher character is just like every white man vigilante who just shot kids on the subway in New York. Mm. That's my opinion, whatever. Mm. This dude is like super nuanced and there's a lot of stuff going on and he's pretty focused on i mean in the comic book at the very least you have to buy the idea pretty quickly that it's no longer about his family that he's just going to go out and punish everyone and on the show he's really focused on this one situation which and also it's not that comic book even for the punisher he never wears the outfit on the show.
1: Yeah. I mean, There's but he no also villains, really. should have been dead, like, in the first episode with all the shit that he had. Okay,
2: that's fair. That part so is fair. That, but that's, like, every nah. action movie now. Like, like you know what nah. I mean? Like, no action movie has realistic violence anymore. Yeah,
1: I mean, you're not getting, like, fucking shot three times and stabbed and then just, like,
2: taking a nap and then you're fine. Well, you are if you're the Punisher. Wow. <laughs> I mean, he's Special Forces, which I think is code for Invincible, right? Yeah. Unstoppable Killing Machine it's pretty good I mean I don't I still don't love it because I don't love the character but I think it's actually in a sense I actually think the directing and pacing of it are better than some of the other Marvel shows that I actually like those shows more because they're nerdy comic book shows like I actually think the pacing has been better than Luke Cage but I fucking love Luke Cage as a character so I put up with the fact that that show should not have been ten episodes. Like mm-hmm. they really took seven episodes worth of material and were like,
3: "Just stretch it out, it'll work."
2: And it doesn't. It does. It works enough for me, but it's not great. That's my opinion. You loved it, right? I bet.
1: I really liked it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I like John Brenthal. He is
2: good in that so, role. Yeah, he's, very he's
1: good in good that, in that role. role. And I've also I've liked the Punisher since I was a kid. So I like seeing a fine. Like I, I like seeing another good representation of it. Because like the Tom Jane one sucked. I didn't enjoy that at all.
2: But did you like uh, Warzone? Yeah.
1: Yeah, Warzone was great. Because it was literally just like a fucking trash action movie where he just killed everyone. You're just a trash
2: action movie. It's true. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, uh, I think that wraps up, unless anyone has anything else, that wraps up Whacking on Track. Mm -hmm. We're going to take our first break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about two things which are related in my mind. One Mm -hmm. is Tony's writing and his work. And two is... Girls Trip, oh
3: yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, Evan, were you able to watch Girls Trip before? I actually didn't get the chance to. What, ah. what a dickhole! Uh, it was very funny when Josh had to cancel because he's high. Um, <laughs> he was like, I, he's like, man, I went out of my way to watch Girls Trip, and I'm For like, nothing. <laughs> and I go, and I go, yeah, but that was a gift that Tony gave to you, and he's, like, oh, and he goes, yeah. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, it was kind of great. And I'm like, yeah, I, I have to give
0: full. I just want to say that I had to give full credit. Um, to my wife danielle oh sure for like she was always like we gotta watch it we gotta watch it like she was like waiting for the days to like that it would come on demand (laughs) she's like it's on it's on I'm like cool okay we'll watch it and then i was like holy shit that was the greatest
2: (laughs) like i enjoyed that thoroughly well we'll have a chance to talk about just a little bit so come on back
1: yeah i had one free night this week and i went to see cannibal corpse instead
3: Those days of understanding. Why can't you just open up your fucking eyes? There was a time in my life where I looked at you and see myself. I wish those days were back. Those days of understanding.
1: Sound like a fucking Gomer pile
3: Oh no! Um <laughs> Surprise! Didn't
2: surprise!
3: That, that dude, didn't
2: that dude just die? Yeah, he died this week. Yeah. Um, my friend was like, really not into that. He was. What was the show he was on? What was the show?
0: Gomer Pyle.
2: That was the name of the show. Yeah. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, okay. he was a marine. I, I guess. Think? Well, that's the thing. He's on this military but I, base. I
0: think it derived from another show. Like
2: right, it was yeah. like a spinoff of something else.
0: Yeah, with a Phil. Uh, uh, I forget the name of the show,
2: but like that guy Phil Silver was the sure. star. She was. She's real bummed on Gomer Powell, though, because I guess it's this military show. It's on in the '60s, hmm. and they never mention Vietnam like the entire time. Yeah just never comes
0: up. It's kind of like Hogan's Heroes. Like, oh, like, just some wacky hijinks in a
2: POW camp. (laughs) Just a whole Uh, bunch of
1: lovable Nazis.
0: Yeah.
2: (laughs) I know nothing.
0: Yeah, I love that fucking show. Hogan's Heroes.
2: I'm not going
0: to lie. I think I just ripped that off. I think that's actually like... um, Oh, that's another... Whatever. Uh, That's a Gilbert Godfrey um, routine. Did you see that movie? That's what I was about to say. Fuck, I should have used that in my... Uh, You can can, As an addendum How was the movie? I Loved it I don't know It was really good And it's like One of those things Where like Halfway through My wife's like I thought this was Gonna be funny (laughs) She like went to bed Like it's funny But it's also like Kind of like Humanizes him in a way And like Yeah He's definitely like A weird dude Yeah Yeah yeah, He's a weird fucking weird dude Yeah And like He's got a wife And he's got kids And like he loves his kids And it's just like in this very bizarre way of, like, his wife's like, oh, like, let me show you all the Valentine's cards he's given me. And they're just like, like, they're normal Valentine's cards, but, like, inside he's just like, go fuck yourself. Happy Valentine's Day. like just like, (laughs) I fucking hate you. Happy Valentine's Day.
2: (laughs) So, it's pretty funny. I appreciate that. I'm glad you do. Oh, hey, we're back. (laughs) Uh, So, we're here with Tony uh, Retman. He's got this new book out, um, Straight Edge, A Clear-Eyed... Clear-headed hardcore clear-headed, punk history. Hardcore punk history. Boom. Butao. <laughs> yes. Uh, and I think I want to start just with that book specifically. Um, why? Why that now? Like, what? What led you to this particular topic? Why this? I mean, um, we all remember. I'm sure Evan, you remember this too. The All Ages book that was like the collection. The of one business. that Rev did. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And that seemed like something that was. Uh, that's not a historical document. That's like for it, it almost read like a, um,
0: um, like a bunch of essays, yeah, and, or like and, interviews and yeah, stuff. And yeah, not you know.
2: even like an oral history though. Like it didn't tell a narrative. It kind of no. was just here's so some stuff it. that happened or here's how I feel about straight edge. Yeah. And it it, it it whereas you're telling, I feel like, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, more of a of a history and and getting I think kind of deep with it in a way that maybe even some of the people who go into this book thinking that they know about what they're reading, you know, like, Oh, I know all, all about this. They're going to find some stuff that they might not know or be surprised mm-hmm. by some stuff. So why this book? Like what led you down this per- per- specific story?
0: Um, well I did the New York hardcore book sure. and there was like, you know, stuff about the New York straight edge scene from the late eighties in there. And like, people seem to respond to that. So it was something like, Oh, like I I know a thing or two about this. Like I was kind of like part of that scene in the late 80s. Um, And I think my whole thing is like the whatever, not Eureka moment necessarily, but like the thing I was like, oh, yeah, is like there's all the books that are about straight edge other than all ages are like more like philosophical or like sociological like – you know what I mean? Like not yeah, about the music. That,
2: there's that social movement book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I it's that somewhere.
0: Yeah, it's more about. There's no like the music takes kind of a backseat, which to me like you cannot be straight edge anymore, but you can still appreciate the music. Sure. You know what I mean? So that's where I was coming from. Like I'm no longer straight edge, but I still like that music. Yeah. So that makes sense to me. Um, and also like I just don't think that that history was really traced in any way of like. From the very beginning to the present day, and like right. all the little hiccups and like weird things that happen, like that hadn't been traced, and that would be like basically I was like, well, you know what, like that's the book I'd want to read about straight edge, and like if it doesn't exist, uh, I give a crack at creating it. So, um sure. So that was kind of where I was coming from, like oh, like this would be the book I'd want to read, and I like I know what I want to be, I know what I want in there, what I don't want in there, and.
2: Well, that was kind of it. What was the process like as far as like researching this thing, like getting it together was there were you just doing mostly interviews? was there a lot of other things going on like how did you get this material together? Just a lot
0: of interviews. I had some of them already from the New York hardcore book, and then there was ones i i whatever I just started setting them up, so it was just a, like a lot of interviews like it was just like the New York hardcore book in the way of like doing a lot of interviews and almost like you know putting together like a puzzle just like oh well this fits here this fits there and like just sort of um you know with the new york hardcore book it was different because i could um i almost like the way i conducted the interviews was like the way i i um remember the history or or the way of like oh i just did early 80s people and then just followed it up do you know what i mean whereas like with the straight this book like i was all over the place in the way that like people weren't as available to talk, so it would be like one day I'd be like, Oh, I'm gonna talk to a dude from Strife and then the next day I'd be like, oh I'm talking to a guy from like SSD. Like it was all over the place. So I was just like uh ah. like I was just con- like transcribing these interviews and kinda of putting them in different like uh, folders like oh this will work when I get to this and this'll work when I get to that. So it was like a little more erratic. Um so it was yeah, it was just a lot of basically just doing a lot of
2: interviews and like kind of piecing everything together. To what extent do you feel like you were constructing that? You know what I mean? Like you're doing all these interviews, but you have to make a book. In some way, do you feel like you're deciding what matters or what doesn't matter or how they fit together? Like to what extent did you feel like you were kind of creating that story? Uh, I don't know. Not,
0: not that much. Maybe in the way of like, again, things that were important to me. Like, oh, I, this should be in there. Um, but I definitely wasn't like, you know, rubbing my hands together. Like uh, <laughs> now everyone will believe what I believe. Um, like, <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, no, totally not. No. But, 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 but I mean, to the extent that like no one's putting those pieces together for you are the only person who has the roadmap of the whole thing. Yeah. No one is coming and being like, by the way, this is w- what I think. Or maybe they are. I don't know. Maybe people yeah. have strong opinions that you were interviewing about yeah. the overall narrative. Yeah. No,
0: I don't think I interjected too. I I think it's a whole thing with like oral history is like you don't have to interject yourself that much. You kind of like let the story tell itself. Um, but I, I definitely I constructed it like especially in the parts that I was a part of. Like I th- like these are the this is the way I remember it. So that's the way I'm going to tell it. But it wasn't like I was going to be like, hey, like. I always thought this band sucks, so I'm going to leave them out or something like that. Because, like, there's, trust me, there's a lot of bands in there I think suck, but they're in there because, like, (laughs) they were a part of the history and, like, that's what people were, you know, you know, that, I think that was the main thing with this book was, like, I was, like, my, um, exercise or my, like, thing that I was trying to work with there is, like, there hits a point in this history where I'm, like, all right, I'm out. Like, I'm done. Like, I don't know any of this shit. So, like, I had to sort of, like, that so we're like all right well you're just gonna have to like kind of plug your nose and like get into this history and like figure out what it is do you know what i mean so that was the point where i was like sort of not necessarily lost but like in a way of like having to ask people about like well is this should this be in there should it not be in there like and um you know i did uh conducted some interviews at local coffee shops and uh you know, ask, ask some old ladies their opinions. Um, but, um, yeah, I think in that aspect, like, that was like what I was trying to learn or, ex- like, or learn something new in this book in the way of, like, you know, just to kind of get out of what I enjoy in a way. Like, not to say I didn't enjoy putting some of these chapters together about stuff I didn't know about, but, like, you know, learning to work outside of my, um, pleasure zone. Sure. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think that that works. Um, yeah, sorry, I got distracted. It was okay. Um,
2: anyway, yeah. Evan, did you have a question? No. Okay. I don't know <laughs> if you <laughs> want to I be mean, a part not, of this process or not. I mean, not yet, at least. Okay, okay. cool. Yeah. Um, was there anything... So you sort of hit on this a little bit, that there are aspects where you felt a little out of your depth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, was there any part of that research that was unfamiliar to you, that was particularly surprising or interesting, or made you even check something out that you wouldn't have checked out otherwise?
0: Um. Well, I think the one thing is like, and I've said this, I've said this uh, already a few times, and I don't think those guys will, I don't think those guys give a shit. But like, to me, like my kind of like, all right, I'm out of here. This is like not what I signed up for. Was like when like the whole like Earth crisis like that stuff came in, like, I was like, I I don't get this. Like, it was just not my thing. And like, if anything, that was like, in some weird way, thinking about now, like, I'm like, I'm out of this. I don't want to be associated with this. I'm going to start smoking marijuana. (laughs) Like, that will show everyone. Sure. Um, So, I think in the the long term, or whatever, like, in the rear view now, like, talking to those guys, like, they're nice guys. (laughs) Sure, sure. They're nice guys, and like, it's also a thing where it's like, they were always nice to me back then, but I was like, I wasn't gonna like fuck you, but I was like, eh, you're not
2: cool. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm not gonna talk to you, you're not cool. But um, yeah, I mean, I think that was that was one of the big sort of moments within this culture, right? Was the Earth Crisis Phenom? I mean, it was a phenomenon. Yeah, yeah it was. Really yeah. broke into group into camps around them, and people loved them or hated them, and even within their own. <sighs> Within their own recording career, people break into groups, right? Like, there's yeah. like the people who are like uh, Firestorm only, and then there are people who they're on board for every record yeah. and they love them now, and it's the best yeah. band ever, you know, all that. Sort of, uh, so, that, that's sort of a moment there. And also, a, uh, you know, obviously, vegetarianism was present way back with like yeah. Pizza today and yeah. stuff, but it's a different thing. I feel like with Earth Crisis, it became its own thing, which again, at least in popularity, because not a lot of people knew Raid or Vegan Riot yeah, yeah. or those other bands, you know?
3: Yeah.
2: Related note, and I wanted to ask about this, um, did you spend much time with those sort of, uh, that scene, that like hardline thing? It's one of those things that I don't know much about, but I know it happened. Yeah. And I know for them, like at that time, things were so isolated that they thought that's what was happening. Like I, like, I definitely heard an interview with one of the guys who was part of that scene that, like, when he moved to someplace else and kids were walking around saying they're straight edge, he was totally confused. He was like, what do you mean? Straight edge is over. It's only a hard line now. There's no such thing as straight edge. <laughs> and, like, he had to, like, get clued into, like, well, all this shit was happening for you. Yeah. It right. wasn't I, happening for anyone else. Yeah. No, I had no,
0: like, I had no desire to like i know i was never like a cause guy like, sure 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 in the way of like when that stuff on that hardline stuff started to come in i was like first of all when i like there was vegetarianism like that was kind of like introduced or whatever and then like once the word vegan got thrown around i was like what the hell is vegan like that was like 1988 or 1989 and, like yeah. I, I had a friend of mine who was like i think they're making this stuff up <laughs> he's like i think they're just trying to see how far they can get <laughs> um but that it was weird because all right, already like they're okay veganism all right cool and then like then there was like these zines that were like hardline zines and i was doing sure. a zine at that time so like we were um my friend and i who who did the zine together were like getting these zines in the mail where they were like interview these bands and they were all made up like it was, that was the whole thing it was like this shit was all other than like the bands you mentioned like all these bands are just like kind of made up bands Or like hey we're a hardline band and maybe they had a practice but like They would, like, a hardline zine would interview a hardline band and be like, "So, see you guys play drums. Drums are held together by glue. Glue comes from horses. Dead horses. What do you got to say about that? Like, it's just like, (laughs) and you're like, I thought you liked this band. (laughs) You're like, what what are you guys doing? Like, that was when I was like, this is fucking dumb. And then, like, musically, I think that first Vegan Reich seven is really good. I really love I that record. That. That's the second one's even better. Yeah, I don't think I've ever listened to that. But uh, Raid wasn't my thing. Um, no, wasn't my thing. But um, again, all these guys are like in the in the rear view. Like the dude Sean from Vegan Reich, super nice guy. Dudes from Raid, super nice guys. And like, I think they see the distance. Are so, like eh, maybe some of these ideas were a little
3: uh,
0: <laughs> wrong. Um, I think they know they're. Like i don't i i'm more for a guy who's like all right i was a kid and that was dumb rather than like yeah i'm totally still into this stuff <laughs> You'd be like that like what do you live in a tent <laughs> like um but um yeah it wasn't my v- oh there we go that was a pizza pizza yeah. sorry vegan Rick.
2: that's okay go ahead hit that stop button that is recording we're we back it. all right we took sorry y'all. we took a brief break to get pizza mm. it's fine yeah mm-hmm. good um, salad so I want to uh, I, I want to ask about your wider sort of writing as well, but I, I wanted to just give have one more question about the Straight Edge book. In that, you know, you're doing all these interviews, you're getting these stories, you're t- kind of telling it, and you have some idea of where this is going or what it's about. But were there any were there any major surprises? Was there anything that Sort of came up, or that you were able to include in the book that you were like, I did not see that coming, or I did not know anything about that until I heard that.
0: Hmm. Let me think here. Um, huh. I think one thing that I, I mean, I guess this is like, maybe not like, oh my God, I didn't know that, but more like, oh, like now this is all kind of coming together. It all makes sense. And that, sure. Like, yeah, I think it was like Ian McIyer said this in the, in the book in in that like we just you know we just wrote the song and you know every all the early releases on discord like we always made sure we had this like fist with an x on it it was just like it was a whole it was more of a symbol of dc hardcore than like anything sure. else and then like all of a sudden like around the con- like seven seconds in reno nevada or like ssd control we're like oh well i guess if we just put this x on our hand and that song's there like oh straight edge oh we're straight edge like that kind of thing like it almost, like, took a life of its own, and, like, the ball started rolling almost, like, through a game of, like, telephone, in a way. You know what sure. I mean? Like, in just, like, this stuff that everyone considers history was just kind of, like, happy accidents, like, or something, like... Yeah. That kind of stuff, and I think that's what's interesting. Like, the one, like, thing I took from it is that, like, yeah, this whole thing, like, whatever, this ball started rolling in this underground culture, but like it wasn't like anybody had an intention. Like it wasn't like Imams like I'm going to do this and we're going to have this movement and blah 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 blah. Like it was other people being like, oh well, I'm with you and like I'm going to take it this step, this further. I'm going to take it this further. And like it, that's the thing is as like, you follow the history, You're like oh like yeah 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 like I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And then like it gets to the point where like I'm going to like beat somebody up because they drank. You're like oh hey whoa calm down what what are you doing? <laughs> and then like. Then there's a whole, like, thing of, like, uh, like in Salt Lake City, Utah, where there was, like, all those, like, straight edge gangs and things like that. And, like, so it was kind of – I think that was the thing is, like, to watch – yeah, like, it wasn't anything, like, I was like, holy crap, I didn't know that. But more, like, as I pulled the thread more, you're like, oh, like, this is something that almost, like, um, created itself in a way without anybody almost um, – uh-huh, how to put it? Like it's it, it almost took on a life of its own with other people kind of like just adding their own personal um, aspects to it. If that makes any sense,
2: doesn't it seem like that probably describes a lot of things? Though I mean, that was I didn't read all of that. Uh, you know, there's the edge book that really is like the social yeah, yeah. Straight edge as social movement. Mm-hmm. But what I did take from it is I I feel like that's probably true of more things than people are willing to admit. Yeah. So. You know, for me, when I'm being told about straight edge, I'm being presented these rules as if like a council of elders got together and drafted this thing. But like this process of social process of like we're negotiating together and you're adding your bit and I'm adding my bit and maybe Mm -hmm. I don't like what you added and I'm differentiating myself. I mean, as a uh, person who went to seminary and studied religion and whatever. I think that's how all social movements, including all religions, actually form. That the whole image we have of like an originator who sits down and writes everything down, that's only true of modern groups who are basing their founding off of that same myth. Yeah. Like they're like, oh, this is how I assume, for example, this is how I assume Christianity was formed is that someone at some point figured it out so i joseph smith i'm going to do the same thing mm-hmm. you know but then in reality all of these belief systems whether they're religions or uh, philosophies or whatever it's the same process as what happened with straight edge which is like someone has an idea someone else goes with that idea and all of these people are smushing their stuff together and then there's like people who want to draw harder lines quote yeah. unquote you yeah. know and then people who are like, no, we want more open boundaries, you know. Yeah. I, I remember, and I don't know if, Evan, you're old enough to remember this, but remember there was a brief period in the 90s where people were using, like there were national stories about straight edge as a thing. Yeah. And then people started using it as a term for anyone sober ever. Well, that's what it is now. Yeah, yeah. still yeah. like that. I, I, I mean, okay, I will say working at a college – there are, at least at our college, very few people who've ever heard the term ever. Yeah. Like, no knowledge whatsoever.
1: But your college is weird.
2: They're a little nerdy. It's <laughs> so a little It's a little bit really more normal than your average college. But I guess what I'm trying to say is, I don't think it's in the same mass usage as it was maybe like 98 to 2005. Everyone knew what it was, even if they didn't really know the music per se. I think it's sort of gotten out of the consciousness a little bit.
0: Yeah. Well, I think it's more like now there's like move, like you can watch a television show and someone's like, Oh, I'm straight edge. Just, just means they're sober.
2: Like, yeah, I guess so. I, I don't see it as much anymore, but maybe you're right. I don't know.
0: No, I mean, I've noticed it. I think there's like, um, the Sopranos or something. Well, not that there's a recent show. But also, like you know, there's like uh, CM Punk. He's like a straight edge wrestler. Oh, no,
2: that's true. I wasn't thinking about that.
0: Yeah, there's him. There's like, uh, isn't there like a uh, there's a picture for the California Angels that like is a straight edge dude. Um, oh wow, I forget his name. But like, I think it's been more uploaded into popular culture in the way that like it's a it's a word in the dictionary now. You know what I mean? Sure. Like So I think it's been stripped of any kind of musical. Like I doubt in like whatever definition is, definition is in the dictionary i doubt it's like a 90 second song by a band in washington dc like you know <laughs> what i mean like so i think it's like taking on a life um a life of its own but um yeah that was kind of the one thing i like kind of took took from putting all the stuff
2: together was that 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 method that that yeah. came yeah I, I mean again if i really thought about it i probably would have thought that it was something like that yeah but i didn't i just was like these are the rules everyone yeah. knows it's written in. and then when you would meet people who didn't conform to that in some way like i don't know if you ever had that experience of meeting someone from somewhere and they said they were straight edge and they smoke cigarettes yeah or yep. they thought straight edge also i mean we still have this thing right like for some people straight edge is very clearly no caffeine and then other people they're like well no I it's fine what's the problem yeah. with caffeine you know
0: whatever whatever yeah I I know that when like there was a big like in that late '80s era where it did it was like wildfire like everybody was like straight edge every band wanted to be straight edge. Sure, there was like a band that was from the Jersey Shore that was like full on straight edge, but there's and their singer wore the the varsity jacket and everything, but like he smoked and we we're like no no no
2: no no
3: no <laughs> sir,
0: but I'm wearing the right clothes. Um <laughs> So like there was and
2: there's always rumors about the secret sippers and all kinds of stuff like that.
0: But that's kind of interesting in a way. Like it, like maybe like um, whatever. If I ever, God forbid, like something horrible happens to me, like I'll do like I'll do like the Hollywood Babylon version.
2: (laughs) Oh, that would be awesome
0: of like hardcore straight edge, where it's like. Here, yeah, the secrets no like the, the secrets no one wants to know. Um,
2: the the European trips that they wish were forgotten. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, exactly. The, like the
2: the brief forays into doom metal that we you, will not discuss. Or
0: or even that like more like you thought that was water, it was vodka.
2: Like, yeah, no, kind of I appreciate that. So I I wanted to ask a little bit about um you know your your you found yourself in this place, and I don't know if this was your goal, but you've become one of the Uh, historians i guess oral historians but still historians of this of this movement and i sort of wanted to talk about um how you sort of ended up in this space where this is something that you're becoming an expert on or you're seen in that way and and to go back a little bit and ask about starting with detroit like why that first book how did you end up in that space of writing that book
3: um
0: well basically I think, again, like this wasn't planned out. It seems like I'm sort of going in this like cycle or whatever, like all the things that I was sort of like obsessed with as a kid. And uh, as I was talking about prior, I have an older brother. He's like 12 years older than me. He was a guy who kind of like brought all these hardcore records into the, the house in the early 80s and uh he brought all those early um records that came out on the touch and go label like negative approach and the necros and like for some reason as a child like literally a child i was like oh like that stuff seems cool like i don't know probably because they they looked really young and i was like oh they're not that like they're they might as well be in high school or something and then he also brought home the issues of Touch and Go, Fanzine, which were, like, super juvenile and, like, scatological. And as a 10-year-old, I was like, oh, I can get into that. Like, there's sure. some juvenile fucking uh, humor. So, like, it was something where it all connected with me. Like, oh, like, I think this is cool. And, like, I would say, like, even when I stopped listening to a lot of hardcore or something, like, those were always... I kept those records and I always kept listening to them. Like, those were, like, my touchstone of, like, this is this is hardcore. Like, that was my definition of it like suburban bald-headed dudes so um so that was something i was always interested in and um i don't know it it all manifested with i was writing um for this magazine called swindle that was based out of los angeles uh shepherd ferry um was the publisher and this dude roger gassman was the editor and it was one of these things where like it was almost like a pretty like I don't want to say like dream job, but it was something where I could just pitch something totally outlandish, like cool. And I was like, how about like an oral history about them, like the Midwest hardcore scene in the early '80s? And they're like, cool. And I was like, cool. Um, so did you see what you were doing then as like music journalism? I don't
2: know what I was doing.
0: I th- I guess you were just
2: writing. About yeah,
0: like I don't know. like the word journalism, like because I don't like journalism. Journalists. I mean, I like them; they're fine people, but I mean like. When I think of journalist, I think of someone who's like, I gotta write about like Bruno Mars by tomorrow, or like I'm like I'm out of a job, <laughs> that kind of thing. Which I never want to be in that position.
2: I mean, I guess that's what i was sort of getting at is like, were you coming at this as like a critic career? Or, yeah, or, like what 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 did you see as, or were you just like? I can write, so I'm gonna write, and there wasn't like a, a a genre or a
0: realm goal in that way. No, not at all. Like I just wanted to write about music that I liked. That was it. I mean, as as like simple as I might sound, that's basically like what I've always done. And like it's only been I would say in the past few years where like I've gotten some opportunities to whatever write for like better or whatever like larger publications. That uh, like it's it's become a little bit of a part time job, maybe not full time. But it's also I don't know, I'm kind of getting off a tangent here, but like it's not something I, I, I have. I've been tempted to go down that route, but I have no interest because, again, like I don't want to be like, oh, crap, I got to write about something I don't like to make money. Sure. And like, that's just not it's there's no joy there. Um, and I'm all about the joy. So. um, So, yeah, I did this article for Swindle and I just I, I was really interested in it. So I, I did way more than I should have. And then, like, afterwards, when the article came out, I'm like, well, I got all this stuff left over, and, um, I'd like to do a... B-. I, I was, like, almost like, well, I've never tried to do a book, why don't I try to do a book? And, um, so that was that, and then it was just something where I kind of pitched it around to, like, more major publishers the best I could, as just, like, some whatever dude, and then, um, Revela- Like, I was just like, oh, I should have just went to Revelation. <laughs> that would have been easier. Um... So I got published through Revelation, and that was like the reason I did that. And then like yeah, it's almost like a succession of like oh like I was really into New York hardcore, I'm gonna do a book about New York hardcore. Like oh like straight edge, I know about that. Like I was part of that. All right, I'll do that. But like honestly, like at this point, I'm like my brain is fucking cheese whiz, man. Like I can't do it sure. anymore. Like I I need I need a break. I need I need it like I need more than one special victims unit marathon right now
2: (laughs) is there is there a feeling um i guess when 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 you are sort of doing three books in a row that are related to this thing it's going to leave you burnt out it's going to leave you feeling kind of worn out but is there a feeling that there's still more stories like this you want to tell or are you like i'm ready to switch gears like let me start my true crime novel or no i am ready like that's the whole thing is like you get into this idea like You can't,
0: and I don't want this, like, I don't want this, like, uh, like, I should lay down on the couch and be like, so this is what I'm thinking. But, like. (laughs) No, do what you gotta do. But, like, my thing is, like, I, maybe in some way I felt obliged, like, oh, like, people want another, like, hardcore history book. I better, better give the people what they want. And now I'm like, fuck the people. No, I'm kidding. I'm just like, I gotta do shit that's gonna make me happy and, like. Whether it makes a little money or a lot of money or no money, like I just gotta like stay in a mindset of like keeping my my brain moving. You know what I mean? Like and like I, if I'm just gonna be like, alright, well next we'll do. Uh, let me look at my book here. Uh, California Hardcore. How's that? Everybody agree with that? All right, let's do that. Like I don't want to be that guy because I'll just be like punching a clock and like that's there's no fun in that. So I am definitely like switching gears and like, well, what are my other interests or like. Outside, not even music. Like I would like to like. There's other interests that I have that I would like to take to the book form. I'm not going to spill my guts um, on what my ideas are.
3: Oh
2: man, I can't wait for you to tell me later, and I steal all of them. <laughs> yes, exactly.
0: It <laughs> is the oral history of love and hip hop. Yeah, that would probably be really good. Probably yeah, fun I bet and, it would actually. Be
2: pretty entertaining. Um, was there anything you sort of put together though after these three books, uh, methodologically, in the sense that like right now the idea of oral history is pretty popular but i think we can all think of examples of people who are doing this that are not very good you know yes. or they just are squishing things together or there's a so is there anything you learned about telling this kind of story after three books that like you think is interesting
0: or worth sharing um again like i know it sounds really simple but like the like the the i don't know i think the uh not even the secret it's just like Dude, have you ever put down, put together a puzzle as a kid? Like that's it. Like that's kind of like the 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 beginning and the end. Like just like just try to tell a story and like put the puzzle together. And like yeah, like oral history doesn't fucking mean like I just put a bunch of quotes together. Is that what oral history is? No, it's not. Like read some fucking Studs Terkel. <laughs> just like like <laughs> figure that out. Like you know like Studs Terkel like please kill me like that's like a perfect oral history or like the the eddie sedgwick book or like those are like that's like that's the template go that way it's just like yeah it's it's just about like building a good story but also not like interjecting yourself like oh, i'm like creating some drama here like it's just yeah that's all it is it's just like fucking putting together a puzzle and like getting that shit all together and like telling a good story. And I know that sounds like dumb, but like, that's, that's it. I don't know.
2: I appreciate uh, that. Thank you. And did you have anything?
1: Uh, I was just curious out of the three, what was the one that was like the most rewarding for you to have finished? And you know, the one you felt the best about,
3: Hmm. uh,
0: I think they were all like, it's just like finishing anything. It was just, like, like it's, it's rewarding nonetheless. Um, I don't know. Um jeez. I think they were all equally rewarding but like the New York one was like it's funny because that that seemed so difficult and when it was done I was like oh thank god. And it, but it was like when I handed that in they were like oh like this is ready to go like let's just fucking print this up i'm like okay like i wish everything's this easy cool and then like the straight edge book was not that easy to be honest like oh really it was pretty hard for me like just to like piece that stuff together but like that was fulfilling in the way of like again like that was out of all the three that was the one that i had the most um personal experience with or like i knew i knew that do you know what i mean like i wasn't like like new york like, yeah, I went to a few shows, and I liked those bands, but I wasn't a part of it. Like, this was – I was actually, like, a part of it for a while. So I am like, all right, like, I know I'm not, like, bullshitting this or whatever. Like, I know yeah. it's the truth. Um, So that was kind of fulfilling and also fulfilling in the way of, like, that was more of my um, inner circle in a way. Or, like, I knew those people. So for, like, I don't know, for, like, somebody I knew since I was 16 to be like, hey, you did a good job with that. I'm like, all right, cool. Like, that makes sense because we were there to – to share that moment and I got it right. Do you know what I mean? So that was that was fulfilling, but like on the other hand like to do like a New York hardcore book and like someone who was there for the whole time to be like, "Oh, like you got that right and you weren't there." Um that was kind of cool too. But it was all fulfilling. Like it's all like I it... feel like that would be
2: supremely satisfying to have someone who was there be like, Yeah, you really nailed it.
0: Yeah, that was cool. Like, because I was like, for that book, I was like, I hope everybody (laughs) likes this. Like, (laughs) like, like, and then like every that was the thing is like for that book, I was like, man, oh god, I hope everybody likes this. I hope book, oh boy. And like it was all like thumbs up. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah, I totally totally nailed that. Like,
2: um, have you had the similar reaction for the Straight Edge book?
0: Um, well, I think. (laughs) um i i think people it seems like it's positive all positive for most people no one has been like this your book sucks um there's been like uh some criticism in the regards of i am no longer straight edge and people thought i i shouldn't be allowed
3: to write a book
0: um which i was like uh aren't we all grown people here (laughs) like who cares
2: um I mean, if you wrote a book about um, the Branch Davidians, yeah, exactly, would be like, wait, you don't, you're not even a follower of David Crash? <laughs> yeah,
0: like, wait, you were, you wrote a book about Lincoln and you weren't even alive then, poser. <laughs> um, so, like that part, I was like, okay, dude, like,
2: uh, huh, that's a little confusing. I mean, it would make sense if. Again, the book was about straight edge in the sense of it was yeah. philosophy
0: about straight edge.
1: But it's not like you're like fucking Xing up when you leave the house every day. And,
0: and that's know. the thing is like, my thing was like, uh, I told this story already a couple times in, in a couple of interviews where like, rando people on Facebook be like, yo, like, fucked up that you did this and it's fucking sellout. And I'm like, and then I look at the person's Facebook page, like, A, I don't know you. B, you seem to be a grown man with children. Um, <laughs> What? (laughs) That's my thing is like, would you like it better if I lied to you? Like if I was like, yeah, I'm totally straight edge. And like, you want me to like patronize you? Like, would that be cooler? Like, should I not do the book? And like, that's the whole thing is like, have you even looked at this book to see that it's not anything about like what straight edge means to me or what straight edge means to anybody. It's the, it's the, it's like the history of it going through, through hardcore. You know what I mean? Like whatever. So, there has been that criticism um yeah but like and a couple like a couple people have like said that maybe there's not enough um like uh female uh input sure, in there or like sure. and um I, I don't i don't know like I, I interviewed some females um there's not like a whole chapter that's based on like sh- females in straight edge like it's like interspliced within the story so i don't know you can't satisfy everybody, what can I say? That's the one thing I'm trying to I mean, that's true. I'm um, that's the one thing I'm trying to like work my way through is like I'm really bad with that kind of stuff. Like if I see one thing somebody says on like Instagram or the internet, I'm like You're
3: fucking super!
0: like I I don't uh, that's I don't get that angry. Um but it's
2: something like I take it very personal. It is hard. I think it's one of the things you have to learn when you are doing anything in public is that people aren't gonna like it. You know that 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 not yeah like not letting people's criticism become the most important thing. is Yeah, hard.
0: and I think the thing is like I don't expect everyone to be like you did a great job and like I it's not like I want accolades. It's more like, dude, like I did my best. Like it's almost like I did my best. <laughs> Isn't that good enough? It's not yeah. like that's it's more like that. It's not like I'm like a Trump like, you son of a bitch, how dare you like even try to criticize me? But like
2: I, I feel like you need to take on that the feeling of like look. Just buy a book. I don't care. (laughs) Love it or hate it. Did you pay for the book? All right.
0: We're good. All right. Well, my thing is, like I've said this before, is like the dudes who would be like, you fucking sell it. I'm not buying your damn book. Like, I hope those guys get the book for Christmas. And like, they open up like, oh, God damn it. I'll read it. (laughs) It's not
2: even by a real Edgman. Yeah. yeah. Corman. It's not even a real Corman. Um, Okay. Well, speaking of, (laughs) this is the (laughs) worst transition ever, but I'm going to nail it. Well, there might not be enough women in your book, but there's a lot of women in girls, Trip. Oh, yeah. As you all know, this is CinePunks. We might have some new listeners. You know, Tony's famous. He doesn't like to pretend. He doesn't like to pretend. He doesn't like to admit it. But, you know, there are going to be people who check this out because they know Tony. Okay. So you might not realize this is actually a movie podcast. But it is. But the reality is... um, I wanted to mostly talk about your books because I think that's really interesting, Mm -hmm. but we said, well, we should talk about a movie, and you said Girls Trip, and I gotta be honest, I really enjoyed Girls Trip. Did I? But it's not a movie I was expecting anyone to say they wanted to talk about on the show, (laughs) just because it's like both new and like I don't know, it people don't often want to talk about movies that are like newer movies that a bunch of people saw or whatever, but I. I was actually super surprised with that movie, and it sounds like uh, you were also surprised with that movie. So um, for those of you who don't know this film, Girl's Trip, it stars uh, Queen Latifah, it's uh, Jada Pinkett Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. Tiffany Haddish, who is fucking great. In She's the... unbelievable. Okay. Did you know who she was before you saw this movie? I will admit no. I had no idea who this person was. Uh, but
0: she killed it and it made me like go back and find out more about her and I watched like some of her stand up and then she hosted Saturday night live. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's I hope she like she deserves anything she gets, whatever that means in the world of Hollywood, but she's fucking hilarious and she's like natural. Like, yeah. like most of her stuff apparently was
2: improvised in that movie. Like uh, yeah. It's uh, Regina Hall is the main yeah. uh, actress. You know, I've, I found her uh, inoffensive, but not necessarily. Tough. She was a, she was in the scary movies, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, directed by Malcolm D. Lee, who uh, is the guy who directed Undercover Brother, of all things. Oh,
0: another great
1: film.
2: And Roll Bounce. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, no, movie. I don't know much about that movie. I didn't hate but, Roll Bounce. Uh, I actually don't mind Undercover Brother, but I think... It,
0: I, I don't. I like that movie. I think I it's think it,
2: I, I think it... Well, and it also he also directed Barbershop The Next Cut. No. Never saw it. Which that. I do not enjoy. Um and then, you know, Girls Trip. Uh but I think that this film it's a little bit of a phenomenon. People aren't talking about it. it made a much. lot of money. Know That's that, what I'm yeah. saying. It is currently the highest grossing movie primarily made by African Americans ever. That's period. great. Like yeah. more than a Medea? actually more than a medea which is like Damn. saying a lot right yeah like, yeah people and the, love those and moments. you only get those sorts of i mean let's just name it demographically you only get those sorts of numbers because also white people went to your movie mm-hmm. because medea everyone has seen the medea movie and you're not getting those kind of numbers so it's it's it did really well and and it, and i think it had a bit of mainstream penetration in a way that a movie like that doesn't necessarily have um so i think it's really worth talking about um what did you why okay of all the movies you could have picked why girls trip talk about that a little bit well again
0: my wife Danielle really wanted to see it and I was like "Eh, it could be good I don't know I think uh, my thing was like the reason I was maybe a little apprehensive to watch it is like I'm like most people like or at least um you know I might write books and what have you but uh yeah I'm a dummy at heart like I like you know i I always want to give a dumb comedy a chance, but like in the past year or two, like every dumb comedy sucks, like whatever. There's like, you know, I'm like, all right, I'll give fucking rough night a chance. Garbage. No, like bad. Yeah. Like, uh, the night before garbage, like didn't all, like it, but well, I,
2: I found parts of it funny, but overall it was bad,
0: but like all these movies are garbage. They're like, like they're
2: just like conveyor belt bullshit. And What'd like, you think of, uh, office Christmas party? Did not see it. Did you see uh, why him? No.
0: Are these good? I tell me because these are like the movies I like. This is like love and hip hop to me. Like I just want to watch like an hour and a half. I
2: actually didn't mind off his Christmas party. Okay, I'll I'll watch it. it. Why him? I wanted to like because Brian Cranston. Yeah, yeah, I'm a big Brian Cranston fan, and I have. Mixed emotions on James Franco. I don't know what to make of James Franco. Yeah, yeah. I want to see the disaster artist, but I've seen yeah, other yeah. James Franco joints that were terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought why him was kind of endearing, but... Okay. I mean, here's a, uh, here's the thing about Girl's Trip that I think sets it apart from some of those other movies. Um, I like the story overall, mm-hmm. and it's ridiculously funny. Oh, yeah. And some of those movies... It'll be ridiculously funny, but everything about the story bums me out. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Nothing about it. I will say, okay, let's start off. I I usually like to start with all the positive and then at the very end go, and here's one or two negative. Because I feel like we're mostly going to give this movie a wild blowjob, let's name the two things that I think are, for me, a problem with the movie. Or not a problem, but they made me uncomfortable. Okay. One, clearly Essence Fest played for this movie. Paid for this movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the movie is basically like the the mecca of all African American culture mm. is Essence Fest, and yeah. everyone who goes to Essence Fest is beautiful, and wonderful, and it's the only place to go to feel like a whole human being. Mm. If you're if you're a black person in America and you haven't been to Essence Fest, you haven't experienced the black experience. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the film presents Essence Fest as like literally perfect, literally heaven on earth. And yeah. I, and I kind of was watching it towards the end of the movie. I started to be like. is it really this really this great? You know? The other thing that I I don't hate it, but it's it got on my nerves a little bit is the kind of movie that's this like women's empowerment film that still centers around relationships and primarily heterosexual relationships. Okay. And to me, it's like I get that that's the norm that we're living in. But some part of me was kind of like it just got tiring a little bit to be like We can't, you know. It feels a little bit like you you want to have your cake and eat it too. It's like everyone in this movie is super concerned with making sure that they are in a relationship to some extent, except for I will say Queen Latifah's character is the one character who her love life doesn't ever come up. Mm -hmm. But but the movie sort of centers around this like falling apart relationship and the financial implications of that. But then it's also supposed to be super empowering, and I and I would have liked to see a little bit of thought around that. But again. Both of those criticisms are so minor because, overall, I love the movie. You know what I mean? Like They're like little things I yeah. want to say. It's like when you see a great movie, but there's like a song on the soundtrack you don't like. That was the equivalent of this, like,
3: yeah. uh,
2: it could have been a little less. And there's no – it's one of those films in which – this is just, I think, important – a little bit important to me is, like, with a movie with this many characters, it's a little bit broad. There's no – There are no non-straight characters at all. So it's like just having some representation of like these people exist and they're around and you'll interact with them. The same way that like when you're watching a movie and everyone is white and you're like, you don't know anyone. I mean, depending on where it's set. I guess if it's like rural West Virginia, you're kind of like, oh, accurate. That makes sense. But like it's like, you know, it's like the friend's critique. Like it took them till season six to meet a black person. Like that's just weird, you know? Like in the same way, like watching this, it's like There's no one here who's not straight. Like, they exist. Like, these folks are real people. But, again, minor quibble because most of the time, Tiffany Haddish is hilarious. Yeah, And uh, the dynamic between the friends works. I'm not even really a big Jada Pinkett Smith fan. Yeah. But she worked in the role. Like, I I don't know. I I really thought their chemistry was part of what sells the movie.
0: Yeah. And uh, the funny thing is, like, through the whole movie, like, honestly, like, I whatever we started watching the movie and i didn't like i didn't really do my homework per se sure in that like halfway through it i'm like oh this is funny and like my wife says like blah 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 jada pickett smith like jada that's not her it's like yes it is i'm like she wouldn't be in this movie like oh come on sure and then like my wife's like yeah it's it's her but um and And she, she i mean not spoiler alert it's fine um Probably the only movie you will ever see where Jada Pinka Smith urinates on a crowd of people.
2: Yeah, and not alone. There's multiple there's I mean, that's the thing about this movie too, right? Like I don't have a huge experience with Urinating uh, on people? <laughs> no, I was gonna <laughs> say that's in my wheelhouse. I don't have a huge experience with this kind of comedy per se, but there's a few moments that like go really extra. Like the yeah. the, the peeing on the crowd of people. Yeah. The grapefruiting yeah. Which, <laughs> Which, yeah. according to IMDb Trivia... Is real? First Hollywood... Uh, this is how I know it's real. First Hollywood acknowledgement of grapefruiting as a practice is how it's written. Huh. So in other words, we all know what grapefruiting is. This is the first time it's been in a movie. And I'm like, like I didn't know what yeah, it was. Yeah, like,
0: okay. I guess
1: people and live you crazier lifestyles you know
2: than grapefruiting is. Yeah. I couldn't tell you. You'll find out when you watch Girls Trip. I'll, Yo, I'll, I'll add it to my list. Uh-huh. <laughs> guilt yeah,
3: um,
2: but yeah, like there's there's certain mo- it it in other words, it doesn't try to maintain there's it's ridiculous in a way, but the characters still have dignity. Yeah, like yeah, I, yeah. I feel yeah. like in a lot of movies when those sorts of things happen, it's because there's a shitty goofball who doesn't like Tiffany Haddish is played for humor, yeah. but she's also. A respectable human she's real yeah, yeah yeah it's not like you know a lot of those movies the goofball comedy you've got the character who's like that's not a real person that's yeah. just a fucking joke machine yeah 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 i
0: get, get what you mean but i think the one thing the other thing i liked about it is like yeah there's like kind of like this like gross out humor in it but it's like again going back to like that rough night movie like there was definitely like, hey, like, we can be just as raunchy as the boys kind of vibe. And it's like, yeah, but you still suck. <laughs> like, the movie still blows. And, like, this was like... It was raunchy, and it wasn't forced. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't forced, and it was funny. And it was just like... um, You know, I don't I don't want to, like, be like... It was empowering. But, like, it was like... Hey, we can just
2: be as raunchy and stupid as anybody else. No, but, I, I'm okay with saying it's... I mean, again... Uh, if, if the goal I, – I don't feel like the movie was like a message movie. Like it wasn't no, like no, no. we're here to be empowering. But it does acknowledge like, yeah, having a movie with primarily women um uh and then specifically black women who are being funny in a variety of ways. Some of those things are like actually kind of smart, yeah. you know. Some of them are totally goofy. Some of them are just – like you said, Tiffany Haddish being ridiculous. Like literally yeah. – if there, if I see anything else before the end of the year as funny as her saying "booty hole," yeah. oh, yeah. you can't get an infection in your booty, booty hole. Ho. Booty hole. It's your booty hole. It was so good, and and that like all of those elements together worked really well. It, granted. It's not a deep film. No. If if you prefer your comedy like Wes Anderson style, this isn't up your alley. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not even it doesn't there's a couple of moments that are super awkward, mm. but it doesn't even play up that much awkward humor, which I think is the style right now is. Yeah. It? Lets it up a series of embarrassing situations and that's like the the humor. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. I, that came out like I was I hate those movies. There's some of those movies I really like and TV shows for that matter. But it doesn't rely on that. Like it has actual joke structure for certain parts yeah. of it. Even though other parts are again, fucking urinating on a crowd of people. So yeah. like, I think that combo really worked for me. Um, and I, I have to acknowledge the male performances too. It's the, our man from Luke Cage. I always forget his name. Do you remember what his name is? That, I so. Have no idea. Oh, I know who you're talking about, yeah, but yeah, I don't know his yeah, name. Yeah. So yeah. basically we didn't say anything about the plot. There are four friends from college, the flossy posse. Yeah, they've sort of grown apart as you do, friends of college. And one of them is getting uh, an opportunity. I don't know. Did she get an award at Essence Fest, or she's, she's going to be the speaker. Per-
0: keynote speaker at the at the at the Essence or whatever Essence Fest, yeah. Yeah,
2: and so she's sort of brought the group of friends together. Like, we're going to go on this trip, and some gonna be the keynote speaker at this thing like let's all get together mike coulter who you may know from luke cage is her husband and over the course of the movie what you realize is that she's built this whole career kind of off of their relationship yeah. i mean, she even wrote a book called what will it live it love it i don't know something yeah. like that it's like but a, her whole song is yeah. like you can have it all which yeah, yeah. by the way is like a real thing that people believe so oh, it's yeah. like it's like a weird I don't know, but it kept making me think of Liz Levin, funny enough. But anyways, the point is, is like this is her whole image. And meanwhile, they haven't been in a real relationship for a long time, but her friends don't know. Yeah. And each of them is going through their own things at the time, too. And so um, it has a real possibility for like schmaltz. Um, and it is a very sentimental movie. I don't want to come off like, but instead, it's cynical and whatever. It's not. It 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 can be very sentimental. Yeah, but... that's
0: that's the one thing I did like about it that it wasn't like, like again, so many comedies these days are, are very like, um, yeah, cynical. And this was like kind of pure, like in a way. I don't know how to put it, but yeah.
2: But even the the. Um... Oh, yeah, that guy. Um, even the parts of it that are sentimental, it's sentimental about their relationship. Yeah. It's realistic about relationships, especially, like, her marriage and all that's going on. Like, I don't think it it really is too touchy-feely about that. All of the sentiment, all of the uh, sort of, like, rose-colored glasses are about their friendship. And the movie is really, like, their friendship falling apart. So, mm-hmm. like, it it, it is – again, I don't want to make it out like it's cynical – but it, it's not completely bullshit or anything either. I think, it, like you said, it's very hopeful. It's like kind of upbeat. But it's upbeat about real people. It's not yeah. upbeat about people who are like, everything's great. And I don't have any problems. Yeah, yeah. Um, but some of the uh, more raunchy aspects are also super. F- I mean, I really found Jada Pickett Smith's character really charming. Yeah. And her relationship with, uh, uh, I believe his name is Kofi Siribo, and... Uh, you might know him from Queen Sugar. If you don't know him from Queen Sugar, you should watch the show Queen Sugar because it's actually my favorite drama on television. Period. Huh. Uh, but his character in the movie is just a dick joke. I mean, that's the yeah. entirety of his character. <laughs> yeah, is that she uh, has been divorced. She hasn't been with anyone in a long time. She yeah. she meets this guy who's into her, but she is intimidated by the size of his penis. Yeah, and that should be a joke that doesn't fly. Yeah. or if it does fly, it flies for a few minutes. Yeah, but. She sell. He's fine. He's just pretty. That's all yeah, he does yeah, in yeah. He's attractive. She manages to sell it, and you know, Gina Pinkett Smith. I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but she's not exactly what I would call a super charismatic actor for yeah. me, at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know? And she, her, she really works it pretty well, and it's yeah. it's continuously funny and a little bit endearing. Yeah,
0: and that guy is it the Mike, the Michael Epps cameo yeah. is good. Yep. And then he whatever like when they start to like trip on um is it supposed to be it's supposed to be absinthe and they trip in that club yeah that's really funny yeah and that's like a part where it's just like you know every once in a while when it, like in that movie you are just like watching like how did they sell this <laughs> like it's just like and there's, there's gonna be this 10 minute scenario where everybody's like tripping on absinthe and floating above a club like sounds good sounds wait. good keep going keep going <laughs> like, wait keep like, you mean wait is michael
2: absent this Michael
0: Epps does the cameo of like the guy who sells,
2: oh, I totally forgot about the absinthe oh, to uh so to good. Tiffany haddish it's oh yeah, so then they're drinking absinthe,
0: yeah, and he, she's just like, oh, like it's just supposed to be something like she doesn't know the the ramifications of it, and she like just doses everybody really huge with it.
2: I like the idea though that like absinthe is the sort of thing that you would find in New Orleans, yeah, but you would ne- that not everyone knows what they're getting themselves into.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. And there would be just a random dude on the corner probably just selling like, it.
2: Just like, yo, you want this absinthe?
0: Yeah. Like, it's just going to make you trip. All right, whatever. Like, yeah. But um, that was pretty funny. And that's just like another weird scene because it's like Jada Pinkett Smith has some like hallucination about the uh, the dude with the big dick. Yep. And then like all of a sudden the guy's big dick turns into her kids.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. It's up. fucking weird, man. Um, I'm a, i am I, I think I I appreciate the conflict between the girl group and so what happens is um uh the our main character her husband has been banging this like Instagram model yeah and she shows up and then there's this like funny sort of dance sequence thing where they like have a dance off yeah and it's sort of an age difference and as an older person I appreciate the age difference aspect of it there's a part of me that's kind of like they could have I get that she's in some ways the not the villain but kind of like the dramatic foil. They could have humanized that character. I just feel like there's a little bit of like a she shows her butt on Instagram. Ugh. And it, part of me was kind of like, oh, that's kind of a bummer. But on the other hand, uh, it is like I'm sure like a real like when you're this famous person and you're trying to maintain this like uh, veneer that there's just people who are ready to like pick that off a little bit, yeah. you know? Like, I get that. Um, but, the, you know, there was a little bit of that there, but, like, that actual scene where they're having the dance-off was fucking hilarious. Like, no, that was that funny, really too. worked really well.
0: Yeah. No, that was good.
2: Uh, there was...
0: I don't know. I've watched it twice. I really like it. Um,
2: it I'm not gonna lie. I, I, you know, there's one or two parts of it I get a, a teeny bit emotional. It's a yeah. teeny bit emotional for me. No,
0: it's a, that's what I mean. It's like it's a wholesome. It's it's not wholesome, but like it's like it, it, it has it, grapefruit in it, it. Yeah, it tears at the. It, it it'll it'll pull the heartstrings in some
2: parts. Yeah, it's yeah. it's endearing and and you care about the characters, especially yeah. and again. I I uh, I feel like I'm not trying to be a jerk here, but I, I feel like our main character. Regina Hall as Ryan Pierce is the only part she's not bad, mm. but she's the least interesting of the four of them for me personally, yeah. but I guess that's kind of her role. she's supposed to be the like more every person I don't know
0: yeah i mean i again I'm gonna like again um reveal myself as more of a moron um I don't mind the scary movies, and I thought that sure. I thought that she was really good in those, um okay. but she um. Yeah, she didn't uh, hold up that that bargain, shall we say, in the way that like she was funny in that. And I was like, oh, like I think she's a natural like comedic talent, and she was good in the movie. She didn't stink, but like no, no, no But no, no, also no. you have to take into consideration that she was like up against a pretty stiff competition with like um, Tiffany
2: Haddish, and she,
0: Queen Latifah is funny too. So. She's
2: funny in it as well, but I mean Queen Latifah is definitely playing a Queen Latifah type of yeah well it, she's you know yeah I mean? she's not like, yeah there's but, not much uh I, the only other just, thing yeah. the, the only other thing about it that was hard for me to get into as well a little bit is like um Tiffany haddish is sort of played in the movie as not the hot one, and I think she is super attractive yeah like and and again that doesn't matter like my what I am or am not attracted to is not that important, but it was just funny watching the movie. They were like, well, back in the day, they could sort of make it out like Jada Pinkett Smith's character back in the day was like the
0: super yeah, like, yeah, like, like like she, party girl. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Into.
2: And then, of course, um, Regina Hall's character is also supposed to be like really beautiful and dear yeah, and whatever. Yeah. And I was just like, man, Tiffany, Had-. the whole movie, I kept thinking like, Tiffany Haddish is really attractive. Like, yeah, yeah. And then she's being fucking hilarious. Yeah. Uh, yeah,
0: I mean. that, yeah, that is, that is an added bonus.
2: So there's not that much to discuss. I mean, that was just a brief thing. You know, I I don't think there's like layers of metaphor and philosophy. (laughs) Girls, no. But I do think it's it's interesting to me, um, and I hope it's a good sign that you know there was a point where a movie star, basically starring four black women, and um, uh, that's about. And there's no other big names on the movie. There's no like. Uh, you know, uh, uh, there's no Will Ferrell cameo to like pull people yeah. Or yeah, or yeah Jack yeah. Black showing up or some yeah. shit like that. The, the movie like that made that much money is kind of, in I don't know, hopeful awesome. for me that yeah. like, into the future this will be a thing where you could be like, oh, yeah. well, this movie is this and it's going to do really well and you exactly. we don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Because, you know, some of those movies he, he, that every year there's these movies that are released for, in some sense, by Hollywood for "quote unquote" black audiences. Some of those movies aren't great. I've tried out the Medea movies, and I'm sorry, those movies are bullshit. Yeah, they but suck. Look, some of those movies are actually kind of fun and actually yeah. kind of good. Like, I actually think uh, Best Man Holiday, or I think that's what it's called. Some of that is is pretty good. Like, I I just watched it on a thing, and I thought it was pretty great. Um, anyways, the point being is that. If girls trip is your first time, being like I'm going to watch a movie without any of these, kind of this. I mean, there's kind of the same actors in every comedy now.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
2: I'm going to go watch this thing where I don't necessarily know that many people, and you might you might be like, well, of course Queen Latifah, she's huge, but but hopefully people are continuing to give it a chance because I just thought it was fun and funny and and it's not about um, it it avoids the. The tendency, I think, to just, like, we're just going to mock these characters. Like, they're just shit. Yeah. This yeah. movie's about how shitty all these people are.
0: Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, anyways. No, no I mean, yeah, I know it's not, like, whatever. It, it ain't no fancy movie or nothing, but it made me laugh. And It's uh, not Godard
2: or nothing, but yeah, it's pretty you, good.
0: You know, it's not the fancy art house stuff, but it made me laugh and, uh, you know. That's all that
2: matters these days. I just want a life. But um, no, I loved it. I mean, I'll take this over uh, the the fucking Winston Churchill movie any day. I don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. There's a Winston Churchill movie coming out, and everyone's so stoked. Why? Why? I'm not interested. Because Gary Oldman is playing Churchill, and people are stoked on his performance. Did he gain a lot of weight? That seems like a bit of a stretch. He's got a whole thing on, I think. Like a fat suit? Maybe,
1: I mean, if it was, it like, doesn't
2: look like him. Like every time that, people say, it's "Is him, that I'm okay like, to yeah. say fat suit'?" <laughs> <laughs> Should think, I, I say think
0: that's the preferred nomenclature? I'd be like, "Is there some kind of like more like overweight uh, suit?"
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I'm I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Is there a body positive yeah. term? Don't for be. Fat that's su- what <laughs> I, don't don't I mean. Sharing. Yeah. Uh, I, I I don't know. I think we're at the point now where people are trying to reclaim fat. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Cool. I mean, whatever. The point is, he doesn't look like fucking. Leon Gary Oldman he yeah. looks like Winston Churchill I mean like, that'd be uh, great if it was just his character
1: from the professional but looking like Winston like, Churchill like literally
2: there's a scene where they're like uh, Minister Churchill uh, Hitler's troops are invading and he just looks at them and says bring me everyone what What do you mean by uh, everyone
3: everyone
2: <laughs> Yeah, I would pay for that. The whole time I'm watching the Churchill um trailer, all I can think of is Eddie Izzard talking about how they're <laughs> throwing everything at the Nazis, like, just bring the ice cream chunk, throw the ice yeah. cream, <laughs> throw it at them, throw the pans, you know, like that's <laughs> all I can think about the whole trailer. Is he
1: also dressed like a woman?
2: No, but I just all maybe just British accents make me think of Eddie Izzard, I don't mm-hmm. know.
0: Or 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 men dressed as women. Right. That's <laughs> what I was getting at.
2: Oh, fair, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Monty Python, etc. Yeah, that's true.
0: Yeah, I just look. <laughs> How about someone in a fat suit? <laughs> a man in a fat suit dressed as a woman—is that okay?
2: What if they're specifically portraying Winston Churchill? <laughs> I would pay Who to see that specifically movie. Specifically dressing like Queen Elizabeth. I would pay. What to see if that they movie? were specifically she dressed? Queen. She wasn't queen yet, right? It was still the uh, lispy guy. Yeah, the king. The, the time, lispy guy was the queen. He was the king.
0: Mm.
1: Was Her
2: he in a dad. fat suit?
0: Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know shit about history.
2: <laughs> oh, I know this because there's a movie. I again, I only know this from the movie mm. where Colin Firth is the. He's gonna be. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! The, the do King's do Speech. Yes. Okay. All right. So there's another actor portraying that same character because he's oh. the one who was in charge when Winston gotcha. Churchill became prime minister, mm. leading into World War II, and seeing some other guy doing the lisping king thing, I'm like. You're not fucking Colin Firth. <laughs> Get off of my screen. What was that Edward? <laughs> King Edward? I, um, it's got to be Edward, right? I think sure. so. Sure. Let's, let's, just... let's just. Who cares about history anyway?
0: Yeah. Who cares? Let's. Do it. All, all that matters is punk history. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where were all the punks during World War Two? <laughs> where were they? I'll tell you where they were. In the pit. <laughs> <laughs> it's on the dole. All
1: right, oh yeah, on uh, the dole
0: pit.
2: Well, I guess we can wrap up. It's getting kind of late, so we should wrap up. Yeah. Let's yeah. do. What are some things we want to hype up? Evan, you haven't talked much this whole episode. Is there anything uh, you want to hype up or that you're stoked on?
1: I mean not really
2: <laughs> that's actually befitting your your character uh, yeah. so I that's mean fine. i don't I don't have a lot going on man <laughs> so is there anything um that you're excited about that someone else is doing? uh remember you can you you don't have to just plug your own shit
1: yeah I don't have I mean uh conceal blades playing here tomorrow. So that's exciting. It'll already have happened by the time that this this goes on, so it doesn't matter. How about this?
2: Didn't you do a flyer for a friend's band recently for a show that they're playing?
1: I did a Sure Terror flyer. There you go. Yeah. That was all right. They're playing
2: with Dundeal, right?
1: They are. Yeah. I don't remember when, though. I think it's next. I hope you put that on the flyer. I did. It's, it's, <laughs> it's happening sometime, somewhere. Like, you know,
0: Date just like, sometime soon? Ask yeah. a punk?
2: Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's always
0: like, that's the easiest. Like, that's like, always the way. Ask a punk. Yeah. I
2: like that if the flyer had all the other information, like location, price, date, question mark, ask a punk.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You gotta, like they're that. good
2: for something. Yeah.
0: yeah. Punk's got to do something. Yeah.
1: It's coming up at some point. I come a necktie. I remember that.
2: Yeah. um okay so i think before this goes up if i'm good at my job before this goes up uh exhum films is doing an event where they're first of all they're showing all the Horathon movies that they had to stop because it all the water came Mm in uh and then they're doing a double feature of two 3d horror movies one is a like blood of Frankenstein, curse of Frankenstein, something of Frankenstein, and the other one is a um, Paul Naschy werewolf movie. So uh, if you're into 3D shitty horror, come on out for it.
1: I don't think I could watch that without barfing.
2: Oh, you don't? Know, those 3D glasses they fuck
1: with you. Fuck me like. up. Like it's it's not what's on the screen. It's, it's just like the the process of it. Huh. Do, yeah, I can
2: It's not it's not uh, blue and pink 3D. It's, like, yeah. actual, like, uh, lens 3D. Oh, okay, gotcha.
1: Yeah, like, something about it just, like, fucks my eyes, and then it just gives me a real bad headache. It,
2: I've gotten used to it now after done it, doing it a couple times, but my eyes have to, they get tired.
1: Yeah. Like, if
2: I do two in a row, I'm like, okay, I'm done. Hmm. Uh, anyways, that's coming up. So, those are friends of ours, so I'm hyping that up. Do it. Word. Cool
0: cool um what thanks do you wanna, what do
2: you want to plug
3: yeah.
0: uh well i got this book out that we've just been talking about for five hours uh <sighs> called uh straight edge clear-headed hardcore punk history uh you can purchase it uh at bazillionpoints.com or amazon and uh you on the amazon yeah yeah it's funny yeah because like guys at my work are like Hey, I looked at your book. Like you're number seven now. I'm like, I don't mean shit. Like, <laughs> like, do you think the guy who made the Dyson, like, you know, they sell everything on Amazon. Like, do you think the guy who made like the Dyson vacuum cleaner is like, I hope I'm at number one today. <laughs> like, you know. Yeah. Like, um, but there's that book, and uh, that's it. Like, the, what I did today at the the flea market was kind of like my like last thing of uh, any kind of book events for this. Um. So that's it. i um, um, the only thing that I mean. I can't really hype it. It's not like it's like a freaking hardcore show or anything. But um, uh, sometime in February, uh, there's going to be this um, punk conference at UCLA, and I've been asked to oh, um, wow, that's great, come to it and um be on the be a chair, which means they'll give me a chair to sit in.
2: <laughs> hey, oh, hey, hey, hey,
0: but I'm going to be. got me. What that? That one got me. Yeah. Um, but um, I'll be whatever on panel discussions there and stuff. So that's that's cool. It's pretty cool. That's pretty neat. Mm. And... Um, you got to make sure to throw that chair in the crowd when you're done, though. Yeah. To show them what, what hardcore is really about. It's about fighting. It's um, <laughs> about violence. Um, so, yeah. That's... Never liked that band. Bi- bio Dash Lens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why? why? I mean, I mean, that was my don't... only thing with that band. I was like, why the Dash? Like... Was, they got a record that's good.
2: It's probably because there was another band named that. That's what I just assumed.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Or they don't know how to spell.
2: Also true. There's a... Could be an this
1: is
0: another name. book. Oh, there you go. <laughs> the Vio-Lens story. Um, but yeah, that's it. I mean, just the book and doing that and like just enjoying life. Trying to figure out another project that'll um, be fun.
2: Well, Tony, thank you so much for coming on. Thank
0: you. Thank you for, like, accommodating my prima donna ways of, like, you got
2: to come to my hotel room. Um, No, it makes me feel cool. Like, I know you're not actually a celebrity, but having to come to your hotel room and, like, watch you eat is, like, it's preparing us for one day when we're actually, like, a big enough podcast that, like, famous people come on. They're like, I'm only in town for two hours, so I need you to come to my hotel room. uh, You're
0: going to have to watch me eat a Caesar salad. Um, You're like, yeah, that sounds great. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was wondering if I should, like, yeah, just you guys, the door will be open and like I'm just going to be in the shower. <laughs> just going to come out in a, in a <laughs> don't mind this loose fitting bathroom.
3: <laughs>
0: so, what are we talking about here?
2: Um anyway, sorry. <laughs> um yeah, so but thanks for no, it was fun. It's a lot of fun. Thanks yeah. for thanks for coming on. Uh I will also say this is it's been a while, but uh you know, the last time Tony was on was for the uh New Breed Doc. That thing still exists. And people should see it.
0: Uh yeah. It was it's it's good. It's yeah. good.
2: Like I don't know what like John
0: or Freddie is I think Freddie's more uh in the graffiti whatever book world now.
2: Oh yeah. We did an event for his book.
0: There you go. Like mm-hmm. I think that's like where his he his head's at right now. Yeah. I don't know if that's ever gonna come out on a DVD or anything, but yeah, no. I thought that was I was like happy to be uh, be a part of that. It was good.
2: Uh, thank you to Evan for being the fill in Here I am. For filling in for Josh's horrible drug addiction. (laughs) For his fucking drug issues.
1: I hope hope those edibles were worth it. I I
0: hope those... I
1: hope those were the best
0: gummy bears you ever had. I hope those Werther's Originals (laughs) covered in liquid heroin were were good.
2: Uh, Thank you for listening to this episode. Uh, Please uh, subscribe, rate, review, download, download, download. The iTunes thing, look. Every podcast says it. No one does it. Please, please, please actually write some reviews. It actually does affect it. Um, Even more important is the rating, though. Uh, So the more that you go on and you rate your favorite shows, the more helpful it is. And it's definitely helpful for us. So um, go ahead and do that. Or if you're like, well, fuck iTunes, just like Post about it. You have a social media? Post about the CinePunk. Tell some weird friends. Yeah. You want a t-shirt? We got t-shirts. We got Hello a new, t-
3: we got a new t-shirt a design.
2: It. It's super cool. And uh, check out some of the other shows on the network. Um, you know, They're all pretty great. Um, not all of them have Evan, but some of them do.
1: Almost all of them don't. So that might be a
2: That's positive. probably a plus.
1: Yeah, it's probably a plus for some people.
2: <laughs> all right. Thanks cool. for listening. And
3: uh, I won't say smoke bomb. So there you go. Bye. Thank you.